freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Cheryl Todd here from Gun Freedom Radio. I am excited to catch up with my friend Bill Romanelli. Hello. I think this is many years uh, running that we've had this opportunity. It's become a tradition. I, I can't have a shot show without talking to my friend Cheryl. And, and I let's never do that, right? Okay. Never have a shot show that we yeah. don't get to talk to each other. So, uh, and we are sitting in Las Vegas, fabulous Las Vegas, in January of 2020, as we have this conversation. And there's always something exciting going on with the NSSF, and that is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Bill is a, a spokesperson for this wonderful organization that puts on this teeny tiny little thing <laughs> little every event. year called the SHOT Show. Gathering. Probably never even heard of it, <laughs> but it is the premier firearms industry gathering meeting of people and organizations and it's just a wonderful chance to get together and yes. and chat and yes. uh i know you're probably running on fumes right by now but like i said earlier look into my eyes <laughs> the exhaustion yeah. is setting in it's, but it's it's the toll i take on myself after the show ends for each day that i think is doing the most damage <laughs> no we'll right because we'll it piece. just keeps on the parties go and the, right. the chances to meet and greet people yeah. Um, and so each year when we've sat down and talked, and I'm, I'm looking at some of these dates that, that go back, mm -hmm. um, the, the National Shooting Sports Foundation have been very involved and very instrumental in trying to put together programs that are truly usable yes. mm -hmm. and, and to help keep communities safe, yes. keep mm -hmm. people safe. And this year as we sit down, uh, you're going to talk to us about kind of this idea that you're combining them all. Can you right. talk to us about what that initiative is called and, and sure. what it really means? Yeah, in the past we've talked about Project Child Savers is actually just one of several programs that the industry has going on. And so last year uh, we collaborated with NSSF and decided to take all the programs that NSSF is doing that help fight uh, crime, help keep guns out of the hands of criminals, improve the background check system, and we can talk about that in a little bit more in depth and then keep kids safe, keep guns out of the wrong hands, and even address suicide prevention. We put them all under one banner we call Real Solutions for Safer Communities. And that's because these are solutions that have been time-tested, they've got measurable results, and they're programs that all gun owners can get behind for safer communities. Absolutely. And so the, the first one you mentioned, Project Child Safe, this is going back, like I said, this is the year 2020. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was initiated in 1999. Yep, we're just wrapping Last up our 20th, 20th year <laughs> celebration for Project Child Safe. Yep. And so what is that initiative and where does it meet the road with the public? Project Child Safe specifically? Mm -hmm. That is the program where we do a couple of things. That's the one where we make a lot of information available. You know, it's, it's, it's nationwide. So of course through the website, probably one of the best tools and a lot of social media, but we just make information available about 
gun safety in general, with a real emphasis on storing guns responsibly when they're not in use. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also information there on safe handling, transportation, you know, guns and vehicles and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then hand in hand with that, kind of the cornerstone of the program is we provide free gun locks for law enforcement agencies all across the country to give out in their communities. Absolutely. So it's not just talking about safety, it's like here, here's something you can do as soon as you get home to make your home and therefore your neighborhood, your community that much safer. Absolutely. And so if I'm Joe or Jane Public listening right now, mm -hmm. uh, I would be able to go to your website. Yeah, the Project Child Safe website, which is just projectchildsafe.org. And then there's a button on there that says find a safety kit. Click on that, click on your state, and then it'll have a list of the cities where we have partners. Mm -hmm. And uh, just contact that local law enforcement agency and say you'd like to get a lock. Um, if there's not a partner listed in your city, then we encourage people to reach out to your local law enforcement and say, you guys need to get on board with this program. It costs the law enforcement agencies nothing. I mean, we exactly. even ship them on our own dime. So. Exactly. And it's a true service to the community. Yes, it really is. Um, so I, I haven't heard of a law enforcement agency yet that was like, no, that's not really our thing. Yeah. Right? Me either. <laughs> you know, protecting and serving the community. Talking to a lot of law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. Nobody says, nah, we're not. Yeah. That, that's kind of our thing. We want to yeah. do that. Um, and then the next year, in the year 2000, there was the don't lie for the other guy. Now that's more for people that have gun shops, like my that's husband correct. and I do. Uh -huh. Yes. And talk to us about that program. That is a program that does a couple of things, really. Um, it's a partnership with the ATF, first of all. And uh, through that, we just get the word out about what the consequences are if you try to do what's called a straw purchase, which is basically buying a gun for somebody who's not supposed to have mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing the work on that for, again, just about 20 years to really get education out there that this is a real crime that comes with real penalties, mm -hmm. and we're trying to cut down on those straw sales. And you know, when you look at kind of the arrest records over time, you're definitely seeing you know the needle moving on that. So I, I, you know, no one would say one program is making all of the difference, but certainly as part of a collection of efforts to make sure that we're cutting down on these straw, straw purchases, it's definitely having an impact. For sure, and you know, there's so many different uh, gun shop owners and FFL holders, federal firearms licensees, uh, out there that, you know, all different states, all mm -hmm. different kinds of neighborhoods that they're in, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. and you know, some of them, this don't lie for the other guy, this straw purchase thing, it's a daily event that they have to interact right. with and be very right. well informed about. Right. And and there's a real, you know, drive behind that. I mean, obviously they want to do the right thing. The last thing they ever want to do is put the hand, a gun in the hands of a criminal. But, you know, think of it also from just a straight business perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, oftentimes the media will, will demonize gun shops and gun stores. But let's, let's look at the reality here. These are people that want to stay in business. Mm -hmm. This is their livelihood, their yes. revenue. They want to stay on the side of the law. They yes. want to be in compliant with all the regulations and things like that. And they do not want to be putting guns in the wrong hands. It's just, you know, like, it sounds a little bit crass. It's just frankly bad for business. And if this is something that <laughs> you rely story. on for your income, it's not a mistake you're going to make. Absolutely. It's a great program. We, yep. We've used it. We've uh, set the... Even the, you have some counter mats and that yes. sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Um, and so it's right there, not only to remind the staff, mm -hmm. right, to be really tuned into, does mm -hmm. this feel right? Does this mm -hmm. sale feel right? But also to the, the customer, it's right there in front of them that, yep. that they're being told, uh, don't, don't you lie for the other guy because right. this store is tapped in and they're going to be watching for that. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times that just solves its own problem. They right. know that that is not the place. And you touched on something that's worth emphasizing there in that um, 
no gun store anywhere is ever obligated to sell anybody a gun. Yes. And so while exactly. there are certain things, and it's part of the Don't Lie program, you know, the, the NSSF actually offers trainings on things to look for mm -hmm. that, you know, are, are red flags for a potential small purchase. But at the end of the day, if your gut tells you this doesn't feel right, you don't have to sell that person a gun. Exactly. You and, just don't. Yeah. Uh, we, we have, on occasion, uh, had to go with that idea. There, uh, I'll tell a, a little private story that uh, there was one a lady that got so upset that we wouldn't sell her a gun that she wanted to call the police and tell them <laughs> that we wouldn't sell her a gun. And how'd that go for her? Right, it didn't go very well for her. And it, uh, you know, God bless her, but you know, the thing was that the police were, were on the side of, you know what, if they're a private business, they're right. free to do what they want. And truly, ma'am, they're trying to just keep you and the community safe. Yep. And, and that did de-escalate it, and she understood. But it was uh, just yeah. one of those funny moments uh, that, that comes along when you're a firearms dealer. Right. Um, now, the Fixnicks, that came along in 2013. Right. And, um, you know, there are people out there that, that are in the 2A community that might feel like, wait a minute, what do you mean this Fixnicks sure. thing? And you're yeah. trying to make it harder for us to you know, uh, to sell guns, or maybe the public is like, you're trying to put more of my personal information in the hands of the government, or, you know, something like that. But but how would you uh, say that the Fixed sure. program is really, what is it really about? I'm glad you asked, because, you know, it, it is a little bit of an area of contention until you kind of present people with what, what the actual story is. And, you know, NICS, as everybody knows, is the National Instant Criminal Check System, and that's basically the background check system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not trying to make it harder for anybody to, to purchase a weapon or even sell a weapon if they're legally able to do so. What this is, is, you know, you hear a lot of talk about, oh, we need more background checks, we need better background checks. Well, the reality is that the background check system is only as good as the records are in it. Mm -hmm. Now, these are not, we're not advocating for any kind of new information going there. What we're advocating for is for states to be compliant with what the, the federal government requires them mm. to put into the background check system. Because different states interact with it differently. That's right. And Not so, sure. you know. Just standardize it. That's right. And so the Fix Nix effort was basically a state by state effort to get states to be compliant with what the federal law required them to submit to the background check system. Mm -hmm. There are unfortunately more than a couple of examples of people who have gone on and, you know, created tragedies using a firearm mm -hmm. who got that firearm quote-unquote legally mm. but if their data had been in the background check system data that was required to be there if it had been in there they would have never been able to purchase and get their hands on that gun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that effort has um, been going on for a number of years to date 16 states have adopted some kind of fixed nick legislation to ensure that they are being compliant with what the record requirements are the federal government passed something uh, just a couple of years ago uh, in, in similar scope to, to uh, kind of codify that in law and as a result, you, I think the last number I saw, there's been a 240% increase uh, in the number of records going into the system. So we're just doing better background checks. Mm -hmm. So it's not about more personal information. Again, this is information that has to be in there if you want to buy a firearm yes. anyway. Yes. And it's not about making it harder. It's actually making it easier for gun sellers yes. to make sure that when they sell a gun to a person, they're not putting it in the hands of somebody who shouldn't have one. Sure, okay, I like that. So then in 2016, uh, the, the National Shooting Sports Foundation stepped into the realm of talking about suicide prevention. Yes. And the reason behind that is because the, the people that really want to negatively impact our rights, mm -hmm. right, the rights restrictors, we call them on this show, uh -huh. they love to use the stats of deaths. Gun deaths, right. Right, mm -hmm. that have, where a firearm was involved. Mm -hmm. And more than half of those deaths are self-inflicted, 
purposeful suicides. Yeah, 60%. 60%. And so, you know, where they want to say, well, this is gun violence. Well, suicide is a different category. It's a different uh, causal Mm -hmm. uh, situation. And so the NSSF is like, you know what? Let's not just turn a blind eye to that. That's right. Let's do something instrumental to try to get ahead of that and try to help people that need the help before they get to that step right. where they, they take their, their life in that way. That's right. And it's important to say, I think, up front that you know, no one in NSSF would ask anybody to believe that we are at all experts on suicide mm-hmm. or suicide mm-hmm. prevention. Sure. There's many factors that go into whether or not somebody commits suicide. But as you were saying, because so many suicide attempts involve a firearm, mm-hmm. and by vast majority, suicide attempts that are successful involve a firearm, mm-hmm. you know, the industry did, did say, as you were pointing out, like, there's something we can probably do on, uh, to you know, try and have an impact on this. And so they partnered uh, in 2016 with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention mm-hmm. and put out some joint materials. And it really comes down to a couple of things. Again, we're not trying asking you know, gun dealers or you know, the gun owning community itself to be experts on suicide, but here are some tips on what to look for in somebody. Here are some signs that might be warning signs. Mm-hmm. And it encourages people to actually have what they call that brave conversation, mm-hmm. to talk to somebody who might be at risk um, and get them talking about it. Because nobody wants to lose a friend. Nobody wants to you know, let somebody borrow a gun only to find out if that's what they're planning to do with sure. it or something like that. So sure. yeah, it's been an important program. It's one that you know, the, the AFSP, the Suicide Prevention, has a goal to reduce suicides by firearms by I think 20% by 2025. And they think programs like, you know, we're just, our relationship with them is just one component of that, but these conversations and, and, and the steps we're taking, they think are gonna make huge drives towards that. Absolutely. And then in 2017, we have Operation Secure Store. What is right. that program? That one kind of goes hand in hand with um, uh, the, um, don't mind for the other guy a little bit, but basically it's a program that, again, we're partnering with the ATF and the NSSF makes consultants available to go into a gun store or even as one's being planned and built and give them uh, essentially an audit of their security and say, mm-hmm. here's where you could step things up and, and mm-hmm. how you can improve security. It also includes that training I was talking about how to recognize if somebody's casing your store mm-hmm. or if somebody's looking at making a straw sale. So we were actually just out at a store in Texas uh, a couple of months ago. It's a store being built and being reopened or being opened for the first time. And so even while the store was in construction, our consultants were able to go out there and give them some suggestions on you know, how to reinforce the doors and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And just, you know, little things that, you know, again, we don't want to give away the, the whole plan here sure. uh, so the bad guys can go around it. But, you know, with any criminal, they're going to go, go the easy path. Mm-hmm. And if your gun store just has a few deterrents in place, they're going to pass your gun store and look for an easier target. Absolutely. And that's, that's the goal of that program. Well, I, I love that, you know, overall, you know, this Real Solutions Safer Communities initiative, I see you touching directly to the public. I see you helping those of us mm-hmm. that are in the business of firearms. Um, I see you, uh, you know, being a bridge between uh, firearms dealers and the federal uh, ATF mm-hmm. uh, authorities. And uh, I just, uh, I really think that you're on the right path because those are the conversations that are happening in the real world. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys have taken a very proactive step in, right. in engaging those. I think it's important to know that it is the firearms industry that is trying desperately to get beyond the hyperbole mm-hmm. of you know, the gun debate because there are extremes on both sides. And I think for too long, the argument has been about those extremes mm-hmm. and what can't be done. Let's take a look at what's working, mm-hmm. what's actually having an impact, and how can we make those programs even better and stronger and more effective. That's fantastic. And just as we wrap up, so the, the NSSF itself, you guys do 
several things throughout the year. Of course, the SHOT Show is like the big one. It's the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl. Yes. It is a week-long mm -hmm. event where you do have the showroom floor with all the manufacturers and, and uh, the dealers and, and the distributors and all of that. But then we also, uh, it is a meeting place for uh, people in the in the mm. industry of all different sorts. Yes. Uh, celebrities of sort, mm. um, you know, people that are actually, you know, the boots on the ground, the worker bees in the store, uh, the, the retail stores across the nation, uh, brand new manufacturers that are just getting started. You yep. know, you don't have to be like a Smith & Wesson to be, to participate. Right. You've really uh, purposed to serve everyone yeah. under this uh, one roof. But then throughout the year, you also do other things. Uh, one of my favorite is like the Industry Business Summit. Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, mm -hmm. that is for people that are, you know, yes. store owners. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm also in media because of the radio show, but my husband and I do have a store. Uh, what are some of the other things that you guys do throughout the year? Sure. Well, kind of hand in hand with um, that event, you know, there's something that they do around the country, you know, at a specific day, it's called, they call it SHOT Show University, but mm -hmm. it's basically, think of it like a, uh, a compliance seminar for, mm -hmm. for gun store owners. Um, it's going to give them the, the information on the newest laws in their state, the newest regulations, requirements, you know, of course, staying compliant with ATF and things like that. That's certainly one of the biggies that uh, we, we hope folks take advantage of. But there's also, you know, the, the program's called First Shots for, you know, people who are, um, you know, dedicated, it's focused on youth and, and learning mm -hmm. how to, you know, safely handle and use firearms for sports, mm -hmm. various sports and things like that. And I mean, there's scholarship programs. It's, it's amazing how much work the NSSF as an entity is doing. It's true. There's an event that I have not gotten to go to yet, but it's the, I think it's called the CMO. It's a chief marketing officer. Yes. Uh -huh university or summit or right. I want to go to that so bad each yeah. year and it just falls on the wrong date for me uh, but uh, it's just a wonderful um, umbrella mm -hmm. of events uh, and and programs that you guys have put together and just this year you have had a change in leadership yes so Steve Sanetti our good friend Steve Sanetti has finally passed the the hat passed the baton passed the, gavel, uh, the, the gavel yes pick, pick your artifact yes 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 so yes the the new president CEO is uh, Joe Bartosi who uh, actually has a very long background in the firearms industry he was Chief Counsel for one of the major firearms manufacturers um, before he came to NSSF. Um, and so I've had the pleasure of working with him on a number of projects already. He is so passionate about this this role. And then I, he works incredibly hard to try and fill some, what he'll be the first to tell you are some big shoes, but mm -hmm. there's no question in my mind the, uh, the association is in very good hands. And the, the trans transition was it was so smooth that you, you don't even really hear about it that's right. which i think and is that's a how you huge, know you did it right exactly it's a uh -huh. huge credit to um how the two gentlemen interacted with each other and yes. then uh the organization really trusts uh steve to pass that gavel baton torch uh <laughs> to joe but um thank you so much for your time Bill oh, thank you now. being able to reach out to your audience and kind of share this information you know gun owners i think as a as a, as a collection of people need to know not only what the industry is doing to protect their rights, mm -hmm. but what the industry is actually doing to address some of the criticisms that you hear about in the media and things like that. 
you know, we're not sitting idling by doing nothing. We have been working on this for decades in some cases, and we want to make sure people know about it. So true. So people wanting to know more about the NSSF, uh, whether they're the public or whether they're a business like myself and maybe uh -huh. want to have a membership with the NSSF, mm -hmm. what's the best uh, place for them to go for that? The, 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 the hub of it all is just going to be the NSSF website, which is NSSF.org. And if they want to learn more about the Real Solutions program, that's just NSSFRealSolutions.org. And we've got a podcast on there, and we've got all kinds of resources and videos and shareable content, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good treasure trove for what the industry really is have been working on. Fantastic. Couldn't be simpler than that. NSSF.org. Phil Romanelli. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, gang, stick around. There's always lots more coming up on Gun Freedom Radio.